0: Thanks to Key for joining us, Sedano and LZ. Now on the Celebrity Hotline for the next hour, Mama Momo is here. Celebrity Hotline brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe, good times. So, Momo, my guess is your phone was blowing up yesterday as the Clippers blew their three games to one lead and their double-digit games uh, or leads in those games. What are people around the league saying to you?
1: Oh, it was a lot like what CJ McCollum and Dave Willard were tweeting. (laughs) I mean, you know... Look, they put up billboards. They 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 had the Kawhi. Kawhi's got all these commercials. They, you know, when you're real loud about we're coming, like we're coming, we're com-, you know, like we're we're here, we're the championship contender. Like when you're real loud about the buildup, and then you fall flat on your face. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who delight in your demise. And and I, I, but I think it was a mix, George, of like. People going, oh, my God, I can't believe they're blowing this. And, like, it was, like, hard to watch. You felt really bad for all the people who work there because, like, they didn't do anything wrong. Like, you know, there's really nice people who work over there at the Clippers. Like, they you know, everyone at the front office has spent years trying to build a team and position them for exactly this moment. And you just, like, you just feel so bad. And, you know, here I am, like, I did, you know, I'm like, Miss Donald Sterling, you know, biographer or whatever, right? Like I did a whole thirty for thirty on this, and I just, I just keep coming back to this. Like, as long as Donald Sterling lives, maybe that damn Clipper <laughs> curse is out there, right? Like, I just could not believe that they were blowing this, man. That I, you know, this must be what it's like to be a Cubs fan all those years, or to be a Red Sox fan all those years, where they just kept finding new and more cruel ways of losing. But like. This is a bad one. This yeah. is so bad. It's so much worse than, than a few years ago because there was so much more expected at this team.
2: And you know, oh. I really feel as if the shift in what we expected really began, you know, to your know, mm-hmm. really point with the shift in ownership. Yeah. You, you had a clown racist who didn't want to spend money to win, mm-hmm. be replaced by a brilliant, energetic, engaged, rich as yeah. owner and you thought okay things are changing yeah you know you still got the coach you got the you got Jerry West making decisions like yeah. you got everything you need for success everything everything. And, everything and when you saw those leads evaporate second half after second half and I'm not taking anything away from the Denver Nuggets George know how I feel about Jamal Murray I got him in my top 30. Top
0: 30 Jamal Murray.
2: Got him. Got him in my top thirty.
0: It's <laughs> not like
1: that high. No, listen, <laughs> like I think you are gonna be like, I got him in my top. I seven. know, but when LZ
0: <laughs> asks me, I'm even still after all these I fifty know, point games. Even, I'm, like, listen, I'm like, I'm yeah, like, and I said, baby. and I said top thirty before before he started going off against the Clippers. I just he, did. Want you he, know did. he did. He did. He did. He did say that to his credit. Yes.
2: So they like they got ballers on the Denver side, but mm-hmm. when you're up 15, 16 points, yeah, in the second half with the finals MVP in your hip pocket and a and a and a in ro- a roster that is so deep that they
1: had to yeah. go like
2: eight people before you found someone who couldn't get you 20 points in a game.
1: So there was there was this I think the Clippers had gone from being these lovable losers that people were rooting for like people in the, like the last couple seasons, like the Clippers were enjoyable. They were one of the most fun teams to watch. They were like these gritty Montrez Harrell and, yep. and Pat Beverly. And they had all that grit and grind. And they were like, they were like, you, they were fun. I really enjoyed watching Clipper games. That was good basketball. And like this year, it just never felt right. There was this like specter of Kawhi. And there was this little bit, of, little bit of Paul, but they, they were never really on the court together all that much. And even when they were, they were kind of still feeling each other out. And the more I watched the that that debacle, like just the way <laughs> it just – I mean, that's really the word. It was a debacle. That is embarrassing. Like I, I, I can't believe that those players, you know, went out like that. Like they didn't just like lose. <laughs> they, right. They got blown they, out. They got blown out in the fourth quarter. I mean, that's just – that's just like – terrible you know and they didn't win um, any plays
2: for zubats
1: by the way none i mean that's not what i was looking for LZ. I, <laughs> <laughs> like first thing i was like where's Kawhi? where's paul like i mean to, you know and paul's you know bless his heart hitting the side of the backboard i mean oh. i just don't know how you love oh down. my
0: reaction to that was, I was oh, like, my. Well, I, like, "Oh my!" like that was like oh my like <laughs> he is as shook yeah. as shook could be we just shook. talked about it uh oh. with with key um uh, Good, ahead, Mom. I'm sorry.
1: Well, here's the thing, though. They got a lot to answer for now. And, okay,
0: and, l- let's tease that because we're up against the break. Because right. Keysha- Keyshawn wrecked the clock before you came on. I
1: get it. I and, get it. Uh,
0: you know, he just—you know—that's what he. F- and you he know, has I to- do
1: talk a lot too. No, no, I mean, he has and-
0: to adhere to a very strict <laughs> clock on the network now. So he was like, "Oh, I'm back in LA. I can just talk forever. <laughs> I can just go. I mean, he did apologize to me, so I let him keep going. It's it was okay. that. It was nice. It was. That's okay. I think it's the first apology I've ever gotten from him in four years. So it was. Uh, I was trying to live. All that right. Up. Well, I'm
1: about to go in on Kawhi. So all right. We- so
0: we'll let you go in on Kawhi. We'll we'll talk to you about the changes. That uh, people expect there, uh, if any, and then we're gonna we want to get some calls with you and me and LZ. Uh, there are people that have been on hold for 20 plus minutes. Uh, I'm sure. So, so we'll get are they all news.
1: laughing? Are they all loud? Are they Laker fans, like I don't dancing know. It's a mix. on their gray? Is that what it is?
2: <laughs> it's a mix. It's a mix. <laughs> breaking news: Kelly Sedano is not yeah. following me on on Instagram. Oh, okay, okay. That was it. Right. it. That was it. Okay. All right. Well, listen. Greg's like, let him break. It's like, I'm done, Greg. Okay. Stop.
0: So we'll be back in three and a half minutes. But first, I got to tell you, and Momo's going to go in on Kawhi, and we're going to find out what changes will be made, and we will try to sneak in calls. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Sedano and LZ with you here. Mama Momo hanging out till 6.15. It is Mama Momo Day, a.k.a. Booty day. Uh, all right. So, in basketball, we have, you know, there's a clear out, right? So, I'm, uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to be, uh, you know, Coach Vogel or Coach Stevens or Coach Spolster or Coach Malone right now. <laughs> and I'm calling the play, LZ, all right? Okay. Clear out for Momo. Ice. Ice Momo. Go.
1: All right. We need to talk about Kawhi Leonard, you guys. <laughs> and we, I, I'm watching this game, oh, fourth quarter, waiting for him to go off. Like, okay, this is the part where all the stuff the Clippers have put up with all year long, the tiptoeing around him, the not getting straight answers out of him, the you know waiting on the plane for him to get there because the helicopter's late, whatever. Like all of that, all the, all the hassles, all the tiptoeing around, it's all supposed to be worth it because in the fourth quarter of games like this, Kawhi Leonard is supposed to show up. Like Kawhi Leonard is supposed to be that guy. And he did it a couple of games ago, right? With a finger block mm-hmm. on Jamal Murray. Yep. And in this game, nothing. One for 11 in the, at, towards the end. And you look at it, and, and I, I just keep imagining a world in which LeBron James did what Kawhi Leonard did in these last few games. Like, can you imagine if, if LeBron's team blew a 3 1 lead in that? Oh my fashion? God. Oh my God. Oh my okay? God. Yeah. So, Max Kellerman, I love him. He's a friend of mine, co worker. But when he made that argument that Kawhi was better than Kobe, and I, and, and I was. Almost there. Almost because really? I see so many of those moves. So much of Kawhi's mid-range game is Kobe-esque. So many of his, so much of the way he competes is Kobe-esque. But the difference between Kawhi Leonard and the the true greats of this game and the true Mount Rushmore-type players of this game is that they embrace all of that. It's not just about being a great player. It's about being the face of the league. The face of an organization and and taking on all of that extra pressure. Do you, how many times you, like how many times does me, Paul George have to be the spokesperson for the Clippers or Montrez Harrell or Patrick Beverly and Kawhi is nowhere to be found. Like does not answer for does not step into that spotlight does not take any of that on his shoulders and being the, the leader of a team is not just about being a great basketball player silently. Being a leader of a team is about elevating everybody else and bringing them along yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. LZ, didn't, you. Didn't do it. LZ, you and
0: I, we, we touched on that earlier. It, it really is the difference, the biggest difference, to Momo's point, in the two teams, is that you may not like LeBron's leadership style, right? Yeah. But, but he's got one, LZ, yes?
2: Yes, absolutely. And he came in with one. That's the thing. Like, sometimes we conflate being a great athlete with being a great basketball player. And sometimes we conflate being a great basketball player with being a great leader. There are very few examples of a great athlete being a great basketball player and a great leader. Mm. We need to appreciate those differences and not assume if you have one or even two, that means you're good for all three. Kawhi Leonard is a freakish athlete. His hands are, are huge. His arms are long. His middle finger is strong enough to block dunks. Mm -hmm. Like he's a freak. And he's a hell of a basketball player. But he's not the kind of leader that a team, especially a, a team that's just been put together like the Clippers, he's not that kind of a leader. He likes to lead by example. I'm setting the tone. You should be following me. And, you know, a lot of people in middle management stay in middle management because they don't recognize mm. when certain employees need to be prodded a little bit more than others. Right. That they get the handbook and they follow the handbook and then they expect the results to be the results because if everyone does what they're supposed to do, then you will win or you will be victorious if you're a leader in a corporate sense. But everyone doesn't follow with the same enthusiasm, the same commitment to craftsmanship. LeBron is really good at prodding, at encouraging, at reprimanding, and obviously, getting rid of your ass if you can't get with the program. Like, that's, and, and, and you're not necessarily always going to be viewed as a good person when you assume that role as a leader. But we all know that great phrase, if you want to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing. Yeah. Mm.
0: Let me sneak in some calls here because we've had people waiting for so long. Let me try to grab at least one or two here, and then we can try in the next segment to take more. Uh, Caitlin in Palm Springs. What's up, Caitlin?
3: Hey, how's it going, George? LZ, how are you guys doing?
0: Fantastic. great don't forget momo
3: oh hey momo hey <laughs> um so i just i had to call in and this has been a long time waiting because on july 6 2019 i was out in las vegas for nba summer league and i was at carbone which is this pretty nice italian restaurant and next to me at the table the table next to me was P.J. Tucker, Patrick Beverly, and Jordan Clarkson. And while I'm sitting at the table, a little bit more intoxicated than I should have be, admittedly, <laughs> the, news, the news about Kawhi and Paul George drops. And seeing Patrick Beverly jump on top of a table at a five-star Italian restaurant, screaming at the tr- top of his lungs, I just won the effing championship. Over and over and over again. No. It was enough to make me sick.
0: Yeah, that was the hot story going around Summer League. Yep.
3: I saw it with my own eyes you and it made me so Ooh. sick. So, cut to last night, <laughs> after everything we've been through, the dejection on their face is something that I will savor for. The rest of my life. It was so <laughs> great. Wow. It was so oh, it was just mm I can still taste it. It was so great. Uh, it was the best day I've had in months. Um great great night for Lakers fans all around, but especially me. I I, I can't explain it enough how how wonderful it was well thank you for calling (laughs) and we
0: appreciate it stay safe stay healthy uh take care all right we will take more calls uh there are i'm sure plenty of caitlin's out there that want to chime in on what's transpired here uh also coming up next what kind of changes do we expect with the clippers what lessons can be learned here Uh, From this Clippers team that the Lakers and every organization in sports, uh, you know, in the NBA and outside the NBA should take a hard look at. We'll get to all that coming up, plus the montage of our friends here at ESPN, our colleagues and friends who maybe may have stepped in it a little too early uh, with their Clipper love. All that coming up, plus your
4: calls. You're cold,
1: George, you're cold. We'll be back in two
4: minutes and 30 seconds.
0: Sedano and LZ, Mama Momo hanging out till 6.15. We'll take your calls at 877-710-ESPN. Um, we also have the montage of our friends here at ESPN who maybe got a little, uh, you know, a little? got a little crazy with the Clippers uh, during the season. We'll have some of that for you here, courtesy of our friend on Twitter, at Pickup Hoop. Uh, got to shout him out because he puts <laughs> these montages together. But, Momo, real quick, what kind of changes should we expect from the Clippers?
1: Changes. Wow. Look, I mean, they were—they had everything, yeah. <laughs> right? They literally had everything they needed to win. Like, do they need more shooting? I don't know. They got a lot of shooting. Do they need more big guys? They got pretty good big guys. They just didn't play them all the time. I think the biggest change we're probably going to see, I don't know that they can retain Montrez Harrell. I think that's actually a, a really big loss for them. If you have watched them the last couple of years, it's less like, take out his playoff performance notwithstanding, right? He wasn't as good, but he's a free agent and he's, I think somebody's gonna pay him. Um, he's an energy guy, so look for teams like Dallas, you know, some of so the teams that need that energy guy that can protect Luka Doncic, the, that tough guy. I, I think that might be somebody you lose anyway. Well then, well, what happens to Lou Williams then? If you don't have Montrez and Lou in that pick and roll, then what do you do with Lou? Does Lou still fit there? I think they like his energy that he gives them, but would they be better off with just a pure shooter around Kawhi and Paul? Um, And they also have to have a very big conversation and discussion about the future of Paul George. Now, I I think Paul George is going to retire a Clipper. I think he is going to do an extension. I think he's going to do whatever it takes to just stay there. I don't think that I think the time in his career for chasing other greener pastures is over. He wants to be home. It's a great place for him to settle in um but he's got to be healthy and he's got to play better than he did in these playoffs
2: i thought he always wanted to be a nick after he always wanted to be a laker after he always, <laughs> after he always wanted
1: to... yeah yeah i mean he it... can't get mercenary again i mean the question is though do the do the clippers just cut their losses i mean they gave up a lot for him and if it's does if it's not the right pairing if there's another pairing out there if there's a Something that Kawhi wants more of or whatever. Um, he does have trade value. I mean, it's crazy to me that Paul George was a top five MVP candidate. What did he finish last year? Third?
0: Yeah, he was. Third. Third,
1: yeah. And he didn't even make, I don't think he made an all-NBA team this year. Now, some of that's injuries. But how do you go from top five NBA, MVP candidate to like not even on the team?
2: Hmm. Isaiah Thomas did it. But his was injury related. But yeah. listen, you know, the, the, the thing is with this squad is that the roster's fine. Yeah. It's really about the personalities. Mm-hmm. Like, from a basketball perspective, to your point, Momo, they got everything they need. I felt the same way about the Milwaukee Bucks. It's like people are like going, oh, what can you do to make the roster better? No, Giannis needs to be able to shoot an open jump shot. Yeah. You you guys are, like, trying to find all this other stuff, you know, that's wrong with the Bucks. Let me tell you what's wrong with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Their MVP is self-checked from 17 out. Mm-hmm. That's right. what's wrong. And when I look at the Clippers, they got everything they need. They need either Paul George or Kawhi Leonard from a personality perspective, even if you've got to fake it, to be able to motivate or yell at or criticize guys vocally. Some Sometimes, sometimes, mm. simply leading by example is not enough. Sometimes you got to lead with your mouth, too.
1: And, and let's talk about load management, all right? right? Let's do it. They keep talking about... Yeah, you know, we didn't have enough time together. We never really found ourselves. Yeah, because you load managed all year. <laughs> right. Yeah, because everybody was sitting out all the time. Like, you can't just completely blow off the regular season. You know, they, 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 they did this all year long with this idea that they would ramp up towards the end. And I, I feel for them that the COVID epidemic hit them right as they were ramping up. I do think they were playing really well right towards the end there, although they did lose to the, to the Lakers on that night, the last game. Yeah. Um, but you can't just play like we're saving it, we're saving it for the playoffs. It just, it has to be something you do night in and night out. And, and I think that is, you know, when Doc Rivers won a championship in 2008 with the Celtics, what was the whole thing? Ubuntu. It was like the connection, the, the spirit that those Celtics teams had. Like they, They're still on a group text. Those 2008 Celtics, I mean, I think they kicked Ray Allen off, right? Didn't they? You I mean, they? <laughs> yeah, they removed him from the conversation. But they're still on a group text. Like, Doc Rivers' yes. kids are still friendly with Rajon Rondo. Like, that is a family. And that, I did not get any of that from the Clippers this year. And I think a right. lot of it comes back to that. what I was saying about Kawhi earlier, is that everybody just was walking on eggshells around him all year. That's, yeah. that's everyone in the whole organization, from the media to in the way that they treated him, in the way that the organization treated him, his teammates. It's like... It's like almost nobody, nobody wants to say anything to upset Kawhi. Don't, don't say anything. Don't, don't, don't challenge Kawhi. And the idea is he would be worth it at the end. Didn't happen that way. Well,
0: let's go to the phones. Ian in Redondo Beach. Ian, what do you got? Hey, George, LZ,
4: and Momo. Uh, glad to hear you guys. I listen to you all the time. I respect all the work you guys do. Uh, before I get to my X and O points on why the Clippers lost, my son Duncan, 16, uh, hopefully a future NBA analyst, tried to convince me hey dad there's never been a star player go from one team to another team and win a championship so he was pretty comfortable the whole way hmm. so i think the reason i think the reason why the clippers lost is after game four they started to double yokeage and leave these Millsap and harris and, and those guys wide open threes and you can't do that you
0: gotta play them straight up that's just my my point Thanks for the call, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, Yeah, look, I I think schematically there were some things they certainly could have done differently. Mm -hmm. How about someone guard Jamal Murray, like one of the good guys? Uh, You know, (laughs) Paul or or Kawhi or even Pat Bev. He was 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 eating a little bit though once he started cooking though he was eating
2: with with Kawhi and Paul George yeah but those
0: guys in the in the moments when things were starting to matter like that's when those guys that's when LeBron or whoever right historically has said I'm going to get that guy and we saw it with with Kawhi not guarding Luka you know what I'm saying at the Mm -hmm. end of the game and it was like okay well maybe they're saving this for something but hey man there's nowhere to save it for anymore you know what I mean (laughs) Uh, all right let me um Let me grab one more. Will, in the Inland Empire, real quick, before we get – I want to get this montage in. Go ahead, Will. Will! All right, bye, Will. Sorry. All right, let's get the montage. So this is a montage of our friends – I literally mean our friends here at ESPN – who went all in on the Clippers, and let's just say they don't look so good anymore. uh, Courtesy (laughs) of our friend on Twitter, at Pickup Hoop. Which team in L.A.? um, Would you
4: think, Draymond, based on your experience... Oh, not just ESPN? ...is the
2: better better bunch? I have a hard time picking against the Clippers.
0: Who do you think is going to win the West this year? Um, The Clippers. Clippers over the Lakers? Yeah.
4: Clippers or Lakers?
0: Clippers.
3: Why?
2: I think their pieces fit together a little bit better.
3: Clippers, on the other hand, have a team that completely bought in last year with no superstars... You add two of the most selfless superstars in the game that go both ways. Obviously, Paul George's shoulder is going to be a big concern, but I think it's the Clippers' championship to lose this year.
0: The Clippers not only have the best defensive versatility in the league, yes, the Lakers have a height advantage, but the three-point shooting of the Clippers with Lou Will and Trez on the floor The Clippers are the best team in basketball. The Clippers, because of their depth, because of their
4: versatility, especially between guys that are 6'2 to 6'9, they got the most of them in the NBA that can really play. So I'm going with the Clippers.
2: The Clippers are loaded. And this is going to be like an advanced, organized version of rec ball. They're disruptive defensively. They're the best team in the league at defending isolation plays. That's why the Clippers are my choice
0: to make it to the NBA Finals out of the West.
2: I believe in my friend, Doc Rivers. I believe he will figure out who that person is, even if they have to make a move. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say the Clippers. That, that team defensively so, is gonna be great. It's great, I mean. Great, great. All time.
4: Historic, Yeah. right? So I'm going with the Clippers. And what you said about the Clippers, who's gonna organize them on the road, I have reservations about LeBron being a closer in his 17th year at 35 that's why I, don't, I, I, I can't go with the lakers
2: when you look at the clippers top to bottom coaching starter perimeter superstars their depth i mean this is where the lakers fall off if you remember on christmas they had a lead of 12 13 points and we thought the lakers would run away but then here come the clippers the bench they just wear you down mm. over the course of 48 minutes and uh, i just see in no scenario the lakers beating them in the series mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul Mm. wasn't lying. Mm. Right now, there is no scenario where the Clippers are going to beat them in a series. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. All right. We've got (laughs) one more segment with Momo. We'll take some more calls. 877-710-ESPN. What lessons were learned here from the Clippers' experience for other organizations, not just in the NBA and beyond? Uh, And we will dissect this Clipper collapse here with Momo for one more segment. Stick around. We are back in three minutes.
4: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
0: All right, what you need to know is brought to you by Morongo. Hey. Don't forget, our friends at Morongo say play it safe and good times. The Dodgers won today. Uh, no Kenley available today, uh, though he did have a little bit of a rocky uh, run yesterday. Kenley Jansen was try- almost pulled the Clippers yesterday, LZ. He almost yeah. blew a 3-1 lead.
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I'm telling myself that there's nothing to worry about because if I let myself think about mm-hmm. it too much, I start freaking out. Mm-hmm. So I tell myself, it's all good. It's all fine. Yeah, You know, I'm going to downplay it because I don't want anyone to panic. Right. Yes.
1: Yeah, look, the, the the Dodgers, the first team to clinch a postseason bid this season. Mookie Betts stole three bases today. I've been waiting for him to to get running and going. I mean, I think they're – Justin Turner just came back. Like, the Dodgers are rolling. Kenley's having a little hiccup, but better now than in the playoffs. Yeah,
2: I don't know about that. Yeah, I yes. yeah, I don't know about that, Momo. You're not convincing me, girl. <laughs> <No>? <laughs> Bases yeah. were loaded last night, girl. Know, Bases were loaded. It was scary. It
0: I was know. scary. It I worked. But I was, it was trying.
1: Look, they beat the dads. They're, you know, they beat the Padres. They're going to win the West again.
0: Yeah, yeah. They yeah. did clinch a playoff spot. The first team, yeah. uh, eight straight playoff berth for them. I'm trying, uh, to make,
1: I'm trying to spin it. I'm trying to make you feel better. Oh, yeah. So it's
0: my turn to facts. I see you yeah. now. I understand yeah. now. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: No, just <laughs> the, I'm just sunny.
0: That's it. <laughs> uh, we've got some news from the Pac-12. The Pac-12, uh, Larry Scott, the commissioner, says basically yeah. uh, that with uh, statements by Governor Newsom here in California, Governor Brown in Oregon, that uh, state and public health officials will allow for contact practice to return to competition. So the schools in California and Oregon will now have to immediately reach out to their relevant county health officials to seek the uh, clarification on what is actually required to get the clearance that they need. But one big step, LZ, in returning to sports for the Pac-12. It's, uh,
2: I'm, I want to say that's great news. I do. But it's only great news if these decisions with the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are being driven by science and right. not political pressure. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Oh, God, I hope not money. You know, Because as a parent myself of someone who just graduated from college – the idea of putting my young man's life at risk so some people I don't know can make money um, is is upsetting. And so I'm hopeful, I'm hoping, Georgia Momo, that all Mm. these decisions are driven by science and what the doctors have said and not by what politicians are lobbying for because they're trying to get reelected.
1: Yeah, I did not like how that came out today. I mean, just the way the chronology of it was Gavin Newsom, of putting this out there saying wait I don't know what Larry Scott's talking about nothing we put in our report said that they can't have football I don't know why they're blaming me and I was like oh did we not already go through this when you opened up too fast the first time right now you're just backtracking because there's political pressure to do that I mean I don't know I,
2: but the I, only thing I can think of is that this is sc's way of trying to find a way to fire Clay Hilton this year <laughs> and they need a couple games to justify that yeah
1: you know how do we how do we get to a place where there's daily testing for football athletes, but none of the other students on campus? Like, if yeah,
0: I'm yeah, very strange. Yes, yeah. all of that is strange. I, I and yeah, I, I, are they actually going to campus? Right? Like, what what is happening here? Like, I just think that there is uh, a, a lot of things happening here that need to be, as LZ put it, and you put it, Momo. Just the, I think we need to kind of chill for a second, right? Like, I, I understand the need for wanting to. Um, get life back to normal, but I, I I think that it needs to be done within reason, right? And whether we got to point fingers at someone, if you're Gavin Newsom or Larry Scott, how about y'all just get in a room and hi- iron all this thing out, right? One way or another, and I think that that makes the most sense. Not just playing phone tag, basically in uh, release statements. Yeah, no one
2: no one wants to have their name attached to something definitive like that because the ground is still moving. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that you're now putting students, young people at risk while still ducking the overall responsibility of owning, of owning the decision.
0: Yeah, there you go. All right. That is what you need to know. Uh, Brought to you by friends at Morongo play at safe, good times. So Momo one more segment with you on the Clipper collapse. And I do want to get some Lakers and uh, the East uh, series here as well. But one thing we haven't talked about is doc rivers future. Now, People thought maybe that it could be in jeopardy. I, you know, there have been some reports that say he's not. What are you hearing? Because we trust you.
1: Well, I mean, people started asking me that question after they lost game six. Like, if the Clippers lose this, is Doc in trouble? And I was like, what? Oh, why would Doc be in trouble? Doc's, Doc's one of the best coaches in the NBA. And he probably played a pretty, I would say he played a, a seminal role in keeping the NBA season going when everything shut down on August 26th after the Bucks protest, right? Chris Paul asked Doc Rivers to speak to the group of players there. He was, as I, you know, from what I've heard from people in the room, amazing in what he said. Like, he's like a civil rights leader, okay? He's coached them very well all year. He's put up with so much stuff. Um, I don't see how this is his fault. I don't see how yeah. this is that Doc. Plus, who are you gonna go hire that's better than him? Who's out there? You want Mike D'Antoni? Is that so who you want? You want I, Jeff Van Gundy?
2: I don't think it's a better as, as much as it is a different.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: You know, there are certain coaches who are better suited for certain rosters ver- versus others. Now, I personally think that there are certainly some things that Doc Rivers needs to address about his shortcomings in terms of adjustments, S- specifically dealing with the high screen and role with Murray mm-hmm. and Jokic. Like, he never could figure out how to slow that down. And maybe he just didn't have the talent to slow it down. And it is what it is, right? Like, at certain points, sometimes you just get beaten by the better team. But I do think that not assigning, like, Paul George or Kawhi to, like, shadow Jamal Murray for the entire series after the guy went off for, like, 50 multiple times in the series before. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like he got hot for you. He's just been hot. So so there was doesn't seem like there was much adjustment with that. And then when it comes to the leadership aspect of it, I would say as a coach, it is your job to empower players to be leaders on the floor. And to your point, Ramona, maybe tiptoeing around Kawhi wasn't the best strategy when you needed someone to step out and, and, and be a vocal leader. Because if you don't push that person throughout the course of the regular season to assume the role, asking them to be something that they're not in the midst of a postseason is an ideal situation for victory.
1: Well, you know, it's interesting. You, you, you've been around the Clippers like media wise for a while. Right. Yep. And I, I almost felt bad for Paul George because like everybody just went to Paul. Like Paul had to carry that load media wise. And it was the same thing in Toronto. OK, um, you know, everybody had to carry that load for Kawhi and Toronto, but they had a guy like Kyle Lowry.
0: Yeah, and a leader.
1: Yeah, a leader, like <laughs> yeah. absolute in your face, yeah. tough as nails. You will have to, you know, bury me before and and kick me, kick a can over me before I die, right? I mean, he is just an absolute tough as nails guy. Okay, that's not Paul George's personality. I'm not saying he's not tough. He's just not that kind of a guy. So maybe it's just the Personality of who's next to Kawhi. Like Kawhi is never going to be the the rah rah guy. He's never going to be the in your face guy. He's always, probably always going to lead by example. But there's got to be somebody who can do that and who can maybe bring some more out of that um, in Kawhi. And I don't I don't think Paul is that either. I think Paul's kind of agreed. Oh, yeah, I know I've the
2: heard. player. What about LeBron? Oh. Oh, wait, he uh, he didn't want that option. My fault, my bad. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, By the way, the uh, Clippers-Nuggets game uh, got 5.226 million people watching. It was uh, the second highest rated thing on television all day, all night last night. Only second to America's Got Talent's semifinal on NBC. It blew everything else out of the water. Uh, so there were a lot of people watching the Clipper collapse yesterday. It was incredible to watch, and re- even casual sports fans were like, "Wait, what's happening?" and they tuned in to watch it all.
1: I mean, it was like a—you could not take your eyes turn, off. Turn, yeah, it was yeah. just devastating, and and I think it's also like they—I I think people were kind of in the media liked. They like the Clipper story. They like that, that they did it all through shrewd salary cap management and big, bold trades where they acquired a bunch of assets that they could keep making, you know, they could make that trade for Paul and they could make the trade for Marcus Morris and they could keep giving up those firsts. I I think there's a, a professional respect for the way they built that team that maybe colored a lot of our opinions on just how good they were. Because they never really showed it. I mean, their best game they played all year was probably the first one when they just destroyed Golden State.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is pretty wild. Um, let me ask you this, Momo. I think mm-hmm. LZ. I told LZ earlier, and we agreed on this. This is the clearest path for LeBron for the fourth title that he could possibly have. An inexperienced Denver team and two inexperienced teams on the East side. And look, we never know what's going to happen next year, right? Like LeBron's going to be thirty-six in three months. Um, you know, KD's coming back. The Warriors are be back. We don't know, you know, the Clippers will, in theory, be back, right? Like, the West is hard. Um, mm-hmm. So, this is his best chance. Like, this is the Lakers and LeBron's best chance at winning a championship. Like, he has to grab this thing.
1: I'm getting so many goosebumps just thinking about how this has lined up for the Lakers. Just, okay, they beat Houston in the se- in the second round. They're facing Denver in the conference finals. They, if they play in the NBA Finals, it would be in Orlando. This is exactly the same path Kobe took to his fourth title in 2009. Yeah, it's right, like... Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just lining up that way. Like, 2009 was supposed to be Lakers Cavs. It was supposed to be LeBron and Kobe in the Finals, but yep. they, the Cavs didn't take care of business that year, right? Freaking that was... Turkaloo. <laughs> <laughs> turkaloo.
2: Sweet Jesus, LeBron. I'll never forgive you for that one. Turkaloo Come on! man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of a good team, though. That's kind of sort of a modern front run modern offense. That, that, no, 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 that no, no, Stan no. Van Gundy that, offense. Yeah.
2: Stan was very good at whether it was Gortat or Dwight Howard, mm-hmm. and then surrounding them with shooters. And then Four you shooters. had, and then you had leaders.
1: Yeah, JJ Redick, right? Those guys. They had uh, Jameer Nelson was on that team, I think. Jameer Nelson. Jameer,
0: it was yeah. uh, Gortat, Dwight, uh, Turkaloo, Richard Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Stan was the coach, obviously. Yeah, you know? but there
1: was like, – yeah. I mean, it was definitely – I covered those, those finals, and I remember it being a bit of a letdown because it was either going to be Lakers-Celtics oh, yeah. again yeah. or it was yeah. going to be Lakers-Cavs, and it ended up being Lakers-Magic. Speaking Bam. of the
0: East, what do you think of uh, Heat and Celtics right now?
1: George, I picked the Heat in six, and I, I felt stupid doing it. I was like, Nah, man, Boston should win this, but I don't – just for whatever reason, I just feel like picking the heat. I don't know. They just have some kind of grit about them.
0: Well, it's yeah. funny because on ESPN.com, your name comes right before mine, and I look to uh-huh. see, and I'm like, "Damn, Momo's even more, uh, you know, more on the heat than I am.
1: That's crazy." I know. I don't know why did I? Why do we? Why do we believe in them? I, I, think I we believe. Well, I
0: picked them in seven. I think they're better than Boston. I just think they have more depth. I think they don't have anyone that can deal with Bam on offense or defense. Mm-hmm. And I just think Miami's three-point shooting is is that good.
1: Yeah, I think they're just a little a little more experienced, a little tougher. Yeah. Like, Boston's on its way there, but, like, their, their best veteran would be Kemba, and right. their best player is a young kid, right, right. than the young guys. Jason like,
0: Tatum, the youngest 22-year-old in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's great. Like, they're <laughs> great, but I don't know. I just have a little more faith in Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and the scrappy guys who, like, were undrafted or middle of the first round, second round picks, like, who, who just kind of – built themselves there I, I i don't know there's just something about the heat that is working right now
0: they've got 2004 pistons vibes to me right now
1: okay jimmy I'll is like that.
0: jimmy is chauncey and mm-hmm. bam is like actually like some kind of like weird clone of B- rasheed and ben it feels like
1: <laughs> that's i don't know lofty. if i put that on him yeah
2: that's that's that's, that's a lot that's a lot i still think it was a good block though it was a good it was a very good block <laughs> i still think that that this series is going the distance. I I don't think that the Miami Heat are clearly the better team in terms of roster construction, mm-hmm. but I do think that they play together better.
0: Yes, like they, they move, move the ball unbelievably well. Yes,
2: yes, yeah. yes, they do, which makes up for you know a multitude of sins. And they got Duncan Hines knocking down threes. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: say but, that man's name right. Ramona wrote his, wrote a big story about him.
1: Duncan Robinson's who who like how is Duncan Robinson not on the Spurs? Come on.
0: Yeah, he he is a Spursian type he, player. He is there is no Spurs-ian. question.
1: Yeah. I mean, Spur-ian. but I mean the kid like literally wasn't even that good in high school and goes to a Division 3 Williams College. Yeah. And it's it's, it's it, that was one of my favorite stories cuz I, you know, we just we, got, we sat down and just started talking about imposter syndrome the whole time and how he can't believe this is his life. And Eric Spolstra actually cares about him. And Eric Spolstra is like, Spo, like, Spole, like you watch those games when, when Duncan's out there, all Spo does is yell at him to shoot. Yeah. Every time he catches it, no he matter does. where he catches it, shoot, shoot, Duncan. And I love this term. He says, if you don't shoot, then we have no use for you because when you're out there as a sniper, you create gravity on the court. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I like that term, gravity. gravity. Like, you suck the that's, defense towards you. That is a like
0: spoism that. right there, gravity.
1: Such a spo quote. Yeah. Yeah. That
2: is – that's what you say to KD and, and, and Steph.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I will say this. Actually, it's funny because LeBron actually does, does – has a lot of spo in him in what he says to the media. Ooh. Um, he says things like "the main thing is the main thing." Uh, <laughs> yeah. LeBron says that a lot. <laughs> yeah. That is a, that is a that is from the book of Spo and Riley. There's no question mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Um, he likes to say. Things like don't let go of the rope, right? Those are things I hear LeBron say those things and I'm like, oh man. The time, yeah. Yeah. Those are all things he says he that he got from, from Eric. Do you it's like wild. usually
1: the people that you respect the most in your career are like older than you mentors, people that you know, like for me, like Bill Plasky was a mentor, yeah. is still Jackie McMullen. Like I, yeah. I mean I'm every time I talk to Jackie, I can't believe we're friends. I'm like, oh God. Jackie's Jackie a Jackie mentor McMullen. yours? Yes, I know. It's like she's the goat. Like Doris. Hall of Earth, Famer, like, yo, yeah. Hall of Famer. I'm like yeah. so lucky that I get to call them and tell them things. But I, I went think, to Costco so, to get my like, mentors. You got yours <laughs> my <and went> sex. <laughs> um, but like when when I think Spo kind of becomes became a little bit of a mentor for LeBron, just like just by being who he is. Just well, he was
0: like, tough on him, and no one else had been yeah. at that point. Yeah, I think that was it. I Mo mean,
1: well, well, took well. some balls to be tough on him, right, in it, that situation yeah. with no, having accomplished nothing yet.
0: Oh. Yeah. Well, he had Riley in his corner, so there is that. Um, no. but, Momo, thank you for hanging out with us as always. Thanks, boys. Thank it was always a a, always our pleasure. Thanks again.
1: Do you feel like you got over hump day? Do you feel like I helped you? Hump day. Oh, man, like, it it's like all now on the back.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's booty day. It's 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 listen. It we you no have you gotten better. this over the hump. There's no doubt.
1: <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> all right, Momo. See ya. There she
0: is, Mama Momo, joining us on the Celebrity Hotline. Morongo it safe, good times. Uh, the Mac Show is up next. Mark Anthony K of the LAFC will stop by. Then LZ and I have a number of things to tackle, including uh, the All-NBA teams. Our picks against the spread, because uh, we don't have a show the rest of the week, so we got to do that and <laughs> knock that out too. Uh, all coming up, but the Mac Show joins us in two and a half minutes.